on EvertonFC.com's Bread of Blue series is Stephen Wynn, who came through the ranks at Everton before being released. Winnie, you're sitting here now in my back kitchen with your Everton gear on. Just, just tell us what you're up to at the moment. Yeah, uh, thanks for having us, first of all, Darren. Yeah, um, I'm currently working at Everton Community, so I'm, I'm back at the club. Uh, I'm a support worker, so uh, I go into schools, uh, working one-to-one with young people who may be suffering with uh, mental mental health issues, so like social and emotional mental health, mm. them type of things. So uh, the club have got a couple of programmes. Uh, the one that I'm currently working on now is 41 Goodison programmes, so they have interventions and school support. So I'm currently a school support worker within that. That must be quite rewarding because you can actually see a tangible difference in them, can't you, when you're helping them out? Yeah, of course. Obviously, uh, there's there's issues that young people are, are facing uh, within society at the minute, and it's it's quite a tough one, really, because well, different people cope with this pandemic, for instance, in a different way, don't they? Yeah, definitely. And there's a uniqueness, isn't it, to to people that, and so we, the problems that young people are facing. Some people are, are getting socially isolated, and we've got it on the upper scale where. Kids are out on the streets and they're getting in trouble for mm-hmm. uh, anti-social behaviour. So there's, there's them types of issues where when we come in and approach the young people or they're referred into us, uh, we kind of have to dissect what's going on uh, within their, their lives and mm-hmm. see what strategies and things we can put in place for them. Let's talk about the football then. When did you first walk through the gates of Neverton, I suppose it would have been, wouldn't it? Well, <clears throat> initially I started, I think I was 11 years of age and... I ended up at, at Belfield, so my first session was at Belfield, which was hilarious to be fair, because all, all uh, my dad and my uncles were clamouring to uh, take me. None of them would take me to the, uh, the Sunday league matches <laughs> on, on the weekend, but when it comes to going to Belfield, everyone uh, uh, was trying to have a go. <laughs> where, where did you get scouted? Who were you playing for then? I was playing for the team called Kings Fawn. Yeah, so uh, obviously I'm from Halewood, uh, so I was playing at the Simpsons ground up in, up in Wilton, opposite Camp Hill. Uh, I was approached by Sid Benson. Yeah. Uh, so Sid come and got me. Uh, it was funny actually. Uh, I was approached and my mum and dad weren't there. So like Sid come over to me. He was like, "Where's your mum and dad?" I went, "They're not here." He went, uh, "Oh, there's a phone number. Give me the phone number." And I, I ran home and I rang my mum. <laughs> 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 my dad works on the market. Just so my dad was on the market, so yeah. he couldn't take me. So I went back to his house and got on the phone. He could spot a player, couldn't he, Sid? To be fair. Yeah, he's got he, he had a son. good re- he had a good record, like didn't he? Didn't he yeah. just, who, who, who would we know then? Who was uh, who were your teammates at the time? Uh, you had a few on, so uh, a couple of ages like my age, year year above and stuff like that. So Mark Hughes was my age, so I know you had the usual on the other week. Yeah. Uh, little JP was a couple of years younger. Who you've had on Scott Brown? Mm-hmm. Uh, he played a couple of years. Uh, above me, uh, Scott was great. Scott was good for me to be honest. Uh, on my first year at YTS, uh, he was a couple of years old, and we used to take me out for, for food and stuff like that. He yeah. was kind of like a little mentor for me, Scott. Good. Yeah, good. Great. And he had a good career, didn't he? Yeah, and he's gone on to have a great career. Yeah, uh, I caught up with him uh, just randomly actually. Uh, he was at the Everton game. Uh, he was with his lad, and, and it was dead nice to see him. Like yeah. well, it's yeah. it's it's crazy really. Like I hadn't seen him for years, but it's like things have never changed. Yeah. It's that type yeah. of. He's a good lad. We've had him on Bread of Blue as well. Scott yeah. Brown about his career. Who were the coaches that looked after at the time? Uh, the older ages, uh, so as I was leaving school and stuff like that, it was uh, Alan Harper. Oh yeah. 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 So uh, Bertie, yeah, he was a he was a great fella. Uh, also, yeah, once I went on my first year at YTS, I'd, I'd been playing up. So from the under 15s, I'd been playing up for the under 17. So uh, that was Alan Harper at the time. I think Alan left around that time, and then Gary Ablett come in. So. The under seventeens, yeah, me probably my best year of football to be honest was played mm. under under Gary Ablett. But when I was younger as well, also I had a, a 
under 14s, under 15s. I got a few little goals with Colin Harvey as well. Yeah, yeah. He was a terrific coach, wasn't he, Gary Ablett? Yeah, I'd say probably my best coach. In really? ter- yeah, just in terms of um, man management. Uh, I had a few issues, obviously, like personally and things like that, and he was, he was great. So yeah. I, if you go back to like the school years, that and I was always getting kicked out of school. I was a bit of a, a bit of a wild child, so <laughs> uh, it was quite good that they, they kind of harnessed like some of the negatives for me and kind yeah. of put it into me football. So yeah. uh, by doing that, it just made me a better footballer and a better person. But I'd, I'd, I'd uh, probably give the credit to Gary Ablett there for that. Reserve football at the time was such a brilliant learning ground, wasn't it? It was such a great playground to learn your craft because you you would have played against some. And with senior professionals, yeah, I think uh, well, I think I was sixteen when I first played. I think I I just left school, uh, and we were playing. Uh, I think we played Aston Villa at, at Southport. I think Gary Cahill and Liam Ridgewell were centre halves, and you come up for a corner, and I can this little skinny sixteen-year-old <laughs> marking these players, and they've gone on to have great careers, haven't they? And yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been fortunate enough, obviously, to play with uh, different players. Um, I think Nicholas Alexander, some was the player in front of me when I first. Yeah. Uh, got into the reserves, but even the likes like Peter Clark, who you had on, he was he was mm-hmm. next to me for quite a bit. Ozzy yeah. was playing at the time. Uh, I think he'd been out on loan mm-hmm. and places like Derby and things like that. So he was playing a lot for the reserves. So Ozzy broke in quite late, didn't he? Into he the did, yeah, yeah. into the first team. Yeah. The under twenty three boys at the moment, they're missing out on that, aren't they? Because it's just an extension of academy football to a certain extent. I suppose so. Yeah, and I think that's what it's like. You kind of sink or swim, don't you? Like we were getting, we were getting put in with. With men at the time, yeah, um, yeah. I think that's where I played for the reserves from the age of sixteen to nineteen, and I think that's where I struggled towards the end. Because when I first come in to the reserves when I was sixteen, seventeen, I was playing with a lot of the first team players, and on the ball it was so much easier because you were playing with international players. You know, so yeah, I didn't yeah. find that bit hard. Like as a as a fullback, I found it quite easy really just to to keep the ball because the players who were around you. They, they knew how to keep the ball, mm. you know what I mean? But like when it, as it got to the later stages, it, it, it's kind of gone out of 23 years. It's gone, it was yeah. like yeah. the late, the last, latter end of the, uh, like my reserve career anyway, it was just like all the lads who I was, who I was originally playing with. Yeah. So yeah. we struggled a bit against some of the teams then, so it just, it, it was a different game then. I'm always interested to know what it's like, life's like for a, for a young professional footballer. You, you, as you say, you're from Halewood, you, 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 it's a close-knit community and, and you know, you speak to people about, everybody knew Stephen Wynn was, but that brings its own pressures, doesn't it? Yeah, of course it does. I, I, that's something that I probably mentioned when when I got released. Um, it's the negative connotation of like I, I, I grew up as a child, going through school. Everyone knew who I was. It was like, oh, that's Steve. Any place for Everton. It's, it's yeah. a very it's a very positive uh, way of being spoken about. But yeah. when you get released, it's like oh, that's Steve who played for Everton. Yeah. So the the, the connotation kind of changed. Did you feel the pressure as a kid when you were a professional? Were you just concentrating on enjoying it? I mainly enjoyed it, but what I would say, like looking back now, obviously I'm 35 now and uh, I've been out of football for a long time and transitioned out of it, but I would say like my last year was probably my worst year and it's one that I probably should have enjoyed more. I was training with the first team, I was yeah, training at Belfield, yeah. um, but I was scared to kind of go and see like the manager at the time was David Moyes. Mm. The only time I went into his office was when I got released. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it was kind of that that pressure like you, you were scared for your future like if you made a mistake yeah. and things like that you were constantly on trial yeah and, and I, I suppose really I, I should have just went in and, and enjoyed it it was like 
that dream as a child, I was like, I'm an Evertonian, all my family are Evertonians. Uh, mm. Anyone in my family or uh, my friends, they would have bit your hand off to have the opportunity that I had. Yeah. And what we done, so obviously, you, you came yourself, that's like we went to Thailand, went to Austria. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I've had some amazing times and amazing memories, but I look back on that and think to myself, it's interesting, isn't it, from yeah. a, like, a psychological point of view. Yeah. Um, what was it like travelling with the first team? Amazing, yeah. It was, it was, it was, uh, it's something that I've got forever, isn't it? Now, yeah, uh, absolutely, yeah. yeah, it's something that I treasure and something that I still look back at. You played in Thailand, didn't you? No, I never got onto an interesting story to be fair, because uh, we played Thailand's national yeah. national side, and uh, at the end of the game, it about come over to me and he just said, uh, "What's going on?" I was like, "What do you mean?" He went, "You were meant to come on for me at half time. He went, you must have done something wrong." And uh, when we got back uh, to Belfield, like the next week. There was a conversation like Moyes got every all the uh, the players in, and he mentioned about players on the bench not warming up. So that was the reason why I didn't come on at half time because I didn't warm up. But uh, the 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 reason I didn't warm up it was like I was a fan on like I was just in awe like I was thinking I'm sitting on the bench for the first yeah, team so yeah. I was I was sitting there like and it, I was half being like a fan so like yeah. I get where. I understand where David Moyes was coming from. I should have been concentrating on the game. Yeah, yeah. But I was just that in awe of the situation. <laughs> But surely a substitute doesn't warm up until he gets told to warm up. Possibly, yeah. I think they were just looking at people being proactive. So yeah. it's and I, that's what I would say. I think when you get to that level, I think there's some psychological test. They yeah. kind of yeah, without really telling you what to do, they kind of expect certain behaviours and things like that. Uh, it, it happened uh, with with a few different things. I remember we played. We had a pre-season friendly at Goodison against Udinese. Yeah, and. Uh, there was four lads, I think four or five lads from the academy in the squad. And when we warmed up, uh, David Moyes put us in the corner and the rest of them warmed up. And I was thinking, why is he doing this? I thought, so I didn't feel part of the team, but I, but I see why he does that now. Because in the day, like, how many kids are actually going to be part of that team? You've got to earn your way to get in there. Yeah, yeah. He could be quite intimidating as well, couldn't he, David Moyes? Yeah, I think that's what it is. As a kid, like I'm saying it's interesting now. As obviously you get older, you get a bit more confidence and like you'd experience these negatives and things like that and how people are. And, uh, as I've got older, I think I had a, it's one of them saying, if you can put a wise head on a young person's yeah. shoulders, you'd yeah. get a different outcome, wouldn't you? Uh, when you got released by Everton, were you, were you expecting it, or was it a surprise? No, I was ex- I was expecting it that year. Were you? Yeah, just in terms of, I'd say the last six months, it was, it was quite a hard transition uh, for my age group, really, Darren, because yeah. uh, it's different now. Obviously, you've got Finch Farm and you get to see where the first team saying and things like that, but I kind of graduated from the academy, so I didn't have support from the academy staff. Mm. And then I was in Belfield, but you probably know yourself in Belfield, they had like a first team uh, yeah. changing room, and then the changing room down the, the, the corridor was like yeah. where the young lads would sit. Yeah. So I remember like the likes of Vaughan, he went when he when he scored the goal, uh, like younger scorer in the prem. When he scored, he got promoted <laughs> to, to the to the <laughs> to other changes. But I was laughing because I remember like Jimmy Martin wouldn't give us any uh, any sacky, but it was be. Right in the middle of winter, it was freezing, no tracky bottoms, or short <laughs> sleeves and everything for, for the younger lads. Then Vaughan, he scored his goal next minute, he's getting, he's getting a hat, gloves, <laughs> the long, long sleeve, I think everything. And I was like, just need to score a goal and I'll get all this. <laughs> so just take us back to the day that you did get released. What, 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 what's the process? What actually happens? Uh, for me, they just like they, had, they kept all the lads, so it was Andy Olden, uh, just spoke to the lads, he then said the manager wants to speak to you, so we were just waiting in the changing rooms really, then we, we just got t- uh, taken off one by one, um, and I sat there and he was, uh, he was quite frank, he just went like, listen, obviously you've played around 50 games for the reserves, uh, unfortunately we're not going to offer you anything, 
and I just shook his hand and walked out. And that's where I say, like, you're scared to say anything or yeah. that, in case it affects your future. And I look back now and I think to myself, I may as well have said what I wanted yeah. because I, I didn't make it anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so. so is it literally, we're not going to keep you on, so you just get your boots, say to the lads and away No, you I, think that, I think we had like another five or six weeks left. Like a, I think it might have happened in like the June, if I can remember correctly. So you still get paid till like mm. August or something yeah. for the concert till the yeah. end of the season and things yeah. like that. So it gives you a few months to kind of sort your finances out and see what you're doing. Uh, get in touch with your agents, get in touch with other clubs and things like that just to see. Was there a support mechanism from a football club at the time or were you just, were you just left on your own? Uh, I was probably left on my own, Darren, if I'm being honest. I know, yeah. like, I, I know uh, now they have things in place, like, they've got a player care yeah. team and yeah. things like that. <laughs> uh, but for me specifically, um, and this is what I say as well, it's maybe because I was caught in between the academy and mm. uh, the first team. Yeah. That, so I, I remember, I think I spoke to Neil Jusniff at the time, like he, he spoke to me and I did speak to Mike Dickinson as well, so there was conversations, but yeah. for me, especially from like my background, I'm like I, I come from like, like a council estate, um, I was always in trouble in school, single parent families, things like that, some of the, these are some of the indicators now which uh, leads to the, like the young people that I'm working with, where there's mm-hmm. going to be the kind of predictors of where people can go in life. So like I kind of got caught up between like I've come from a council estate where there's like been ad- adverse childhood experiences and mm-hmm. then I've been in an elite academy. Yeah. So for me, I, uh, I struggled a bit in terms of like who I was. Like I, I always identified as this as this footballer. Yeah. Yeah. And it was interesting because when you'd interview the Uzi, like Mark Hughes, when you asked him about his career and what he's gonna do next, and he said something that just stuck in my head and he was like, hey, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to stay in coaching because football's all I know. Yeah. And I thought it's interesting because it is, that's what I was like. So, like, I know when I left, I left in 2006 and I, could, I ended up going to college, I went to university and stuff. Still played, I played a bit of non-league and stuff like that and fell out of it. But when I went... Why did you fall out of it? I've, I spoke to Peter Clark recently and he said, he said, Dan, he said, I'm, 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 I'm not ashamed to admit it, I cried when I walked out of Belfield when I'd been released. But I was determined to have a career in the game. Now, if you're playing for Everton Reserves, you're yeah. one of the best young players in this city. So you've got to be good enough to play League One, League Two, Championship, yeah. Conference as it was at the time. Did you just fall out of love with football? It's quite interesting, really. I, I think I was just a bit unfortunate with where mm. I went and things like that uh, at the time. Um, couldn't afford my house, I lost my house. Uh, I split up with my girlfriend at the time, so there's a few things, I'm not getting the violin off by the way, but <laughs> a few things were happening and um, I was trying to play, so I got offered a contract at Southport, I think they were in the conference at the time. Yeah. I think they offered me 150 quid full time. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can't afford that, so I dropped the level again, ended up at Lancaster. They were giving me a bit more money, but part-time. Yeah. So it's a little thing, going part-time and trying to work your way back up. Um, a few months ago, I was playing there as well. Uh, they went into the administration. So next minute, I've dropped down to go to Marine. So I've dropped down a few standards, yeah. 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 really, and it's hard to work your way back up. Um, but in terms of like what I'm saying, in terms of fitness and look, uh, the first three, first three pre-seasons, I got injured every time. Well, so, it's time to get injured. Yeah, so it was like I was trying to play catch-up every time, and then the added pressures then. You, you, football's quite a, it's quite a hostile environment in, in mm. terms of... It's ruthless, isn't it? It's ruthless, yeah. So in terms of like security and things, you know, like lads, lads on certain contracts, Darren, yeah. uh, you're worrying about playing. So I remember I ended up... At, I think I ended up at Bangor City in Wales 
and I was trying to keep hold of my house. Obviously, I'd split up with my girlfriend mm. and things. Uh, and I was trying to keep, I was desperate to keep hold of my house, and uh, I'd got injured in the warm up, um, and I didn't get paid unless I played. Yeah, yeah. So I hadn't told the manager, and five minutes later, I put my hand up. Yeah. I pulled my hamstring, so I was out for two about two months after it, but. That was the kind of desperate situation I was in yeah. at the time, and I needed my money to pay for the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they were just like, I kind of fell down a, a lot lower than I probably should have. Yeah. How did you find the, the standards? Were you, were you breezing through games? Was it easy for you? It was easy and hard at the same time. Dan. The only way I can explain is that like when you're around good footballers, you play better. Yeah. yeah. So when you get to the certain level, there were certain times where like I'd pass a ball around the corner and it'd go to no one. But it's, I know if I was playing with the lads I was playing at. It, I, I was doing a one-two with them, so yeah. 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 And I noticed when I was playing, I never getting shouted at in a, in a non-league game. I was playing for Colwyn Bay at the time, and I, <laughs> I've got the ball at right back, and I've gone down the line. I've like outside up, they come back and pass it to the centre half. Centre half toggled it down down the line, and he's gone. What are you doing? Screaming at me. Then the manager kicks off at half time, and I'm basically just trying to keep the ball and play footy. Yeah. So they went to me, kick it in the corner. So that was my job then. So but <laughs> so I, when you're saying about falling out of love. Yeah. I didn't enjoy it. Get the ball, knock it into the corner for the forward. Great ball, Winnie. So it just it didn't interest me. So like, obviously the lower down I got, the less money I was getting. The injuries. I thought to myself, I need to back myself up. Like so, yeah. that's what I done. Yeah, yeah. Looking back at it now, do you wish you'd have applied yourself a bit more? If you if you could, you th- yes, say you're thirty five now. You go, if you could go back and speak to Winnie, you've just been released by Everton. Would you say right? Get yourself together. Take it on the chain, but. Yeah, there's probably two ways to approach it, Dan. Like, you can have a downward approach, can't you? You can look at the individual. I, I think to myself, there's certain parts where I need to I need to be accountable. Yeah. Myself, there's probably mistakes that I made and I probably yeah. could have dealt with things a bit better. But then there's the upward approach in terms of like the, the systematic stuff, the support. I think if I would have got... I needed an arm around the shoulder for the, probably them first couple of years. Yeah. I think yeah. if I would have got that, I might have played. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know, obviously. It's, Was it, it mentally tough? It must have been. Yeah, it was, and I think that's what what's led me to do what I do now. Obviously, I support young people, um, but I'm currently studying a, a master's in sports, physical activity, exercise, and mental health, and it's been quite good both professionally and personally. Uh, mainly personally because I mean I said that when I was getting injured, what does it they say? It's a it's a sign of insanity, isn't it? If you keep doing things over again yeah. and expecting different yeah. results. Yeah. So when I was coming back, I would say I was working too hard. I was desperate. Yeah. So I was working too hard to try and get back into football. And then the stuff that I've learned now, going through the coaching, going back to university, there's different intensities and things. I was just going out and trying to bash them. It's like I, I was an athlete in my head. Yeah. But once I started putting a bit of weight on and I was injured and things like that, I needed to take it easy. So they have like a thing called a rag rating now, that I mean, like in your coach, mm-hmm. like your red, amber, green. So a green might be a light day and a red's a hard day. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I was going out full intensity every time I trained. Yeah. Because that's the way I trained in Everton. Yeah. Yeah. the intensity was always as high as I could like do it as, whatever you're doing do it properly mm-hmm. um, and it was probably to my detriment as, as I got older yeah. because I was getting injured a lot and then obviously it's the cycle that comes in you get injured uh, mental health dips feel a bit mm-hmm. depressed whatever and then the negative coping mechanisms were coming in and things like that so yeah pr- probably there's two ways of looking at it I think I need to I need to be accountable for my own actions I understand yeah. why I, why I, I haven't had a career Um but it's made me, it's humbled me as well. Yeah. I, I, I think what I'm doing now and the things that I do and working for Everton and things, I've still got them standards of working for Everton, the values of Everton. Uh, I know when, uh, I think you mentioned it last time, it's, you tend to get good people who come through the academy system yeah. and come through the club 
uh, I feel like Everton had a massive impact on me in, in, in terms of that, yeah. Um, Did you struggle to fill your days when you first left Everton? Yeah, and that's where I, th- I think I started gambling uh, a lot more and things like that. Um, something that I weren't really interested in as a kid and yeah. when I played. So I know, I know some young people like who play footy. Like, I think some of them get caught up in the gambling and things like that. For me, it wasn't of interest, but it's it's that type of day, isn't it? If you've got nothing on, mm-hmm. something on you, go and have a bet and things like that. But was, was it trying? Was was that is that trying to replace the buzz of playing? Trying to trying to replace the excitement of playing, or were you literally just killing your time because you were bored? No, I, I think that. Like, <laughs> It's hard, isn't it? Like when you gamble, if you've got a personality like me, like I've always said, like I'm a winner. Like I'm, I'm detached. I want to win. Like if you, yeah. if I was playing ping pong or chess or whatever, yeah. what I want to yeah. beat you. That was that's what's been quite interesting for me. Like working with young people. Like when I first got the job at Everton in the community, uh, they run a program called Kicks, which is uh, a program to try and combat uh, anti-social behaviour in hotspot areas. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I first worked, worked on them sessions, they used to have a. Uh, Used to like sometimes join in with the kids and to try and get them engaged and things like that. I know you're not meant to from from a coaching perspective, but it was like sometimes like come on, the kids, get a, get off the street, come on, let's get the footy mm-hmm. in and all that. And I realised straight away like me competitive. I thought I've got to pull this back. I thought I can't be competitive all the time. I thought <laughs> if I kick this twelve year old, I'm probably going to lose my job. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's that it's that mentality, isn't it? Yeah. To even have a chance of becoming a professional footballer, you need that mentality, yeah. don't you? And that's what I'm saying. Danny, even though we haven't been a footballer, I said that. Single parent family, like I was on free school meals in school and things mm-hmm. like that. And uh, to come from where I've come from, the only person in my family to go to university, so I've graduated university yeah. and then I've come through to do a master's and things like that. So, although the football hasn't worked out, I've done quite well considering. Very like, well, uh, not quite well, yeah. very well. Very well. Do you look at someone like Peter Clark and, and, and Yuzi still involved in the game? And do, you, do you have any regrets? Yeah, when I listened to their stories, I was like, uh, there's quite a few regrets really, but. I'm one of them as well. I can't keep looking back. Then, if you look back, you, uh, you you will wind yourself up, won't you? Uh, I've also got to look at it that I achieved quite a lot in, yeah. in some respects. There's a yeah. lot, there's a lot of kids who probably wanted to uh, do what I done and emulate what I, what I've done and playing yeah. at the level that I played at. Uh, I think it's quite. Re- I'm quite glad I've come on here to be honest. Uh, just in terms of, like the other stories that I've uh, that I've heard, I don't think any of the lads played the the level like the reserve level and dropped mm-hmm. off like I did. Yeah. Do yeah. I'm probably one of the only ones out of that team who've, yeah. who've dropped off. So it, it's probably good, really, to first someone to hear this perspective as well. Mm. Like I'm probably worst case scenario from that level yeah. to the air, but yeah. I've still gone on and done something with myself Absolutely. as well. And so Absolutely. I mean, you, you, you're one of many at Everton community that just don't they don't just change lives; they actually save lives, don't they? Tom? It's, it's no exaggeration to say that. Yeah. Really, is it? And do you know what, Dan? I'd probably say that from my own perspective as well. Like um, I went in a great place when. I'd left university and things like that, and from a mental point of view, I don't think I was in a, a, a very good place. So, um, when they got me in, it was kind of it gone full circle for me. I'd left Everton and then mm-hmm. I'd gone to university. I got a job in a school in Kirby, working with young people on the force. This is my this is my bag. This yeah, I, yeah. I I got something off giving giving back. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to Everton, like it it just gave me a kind of a platform again. It was like coming back to the family again, yeah. seeing people that knew. Cause I'll tell you what, like uh, the, I think it was the f- about four or five years when I left. Like I, I always had the season ticket when I was younger. And stuff. I didn't go to the game for about four or five years, yeah. and I just say like it was through like shame and guilt. Yeah. Like I remember seeing uh, Tony Sage, and he was buzzing to see me outside. Yeah. And it it was probably a, a pivotal moment for me because I was hiding. Like when I first went to the match, I was like, oh, I don't want anyone to see me. I was like kind of embarrassed. 
and it was just how I felt. No one else felt like that. No, <laughs> no, no. I mean, it, it's interesting. It's, it's interesting you say that. You to be, you shouldn't be embarrassed because you've not been kept on in, yeah. as a Premier League footballer. But is that is that how, is that how it affected you? That's how I felt. Yeah, and that's what I say about like your, your attachment to and your identity as being a footballer. Like, yeah. End of day, fo- football is an occupation for these for these mm. players, but. I think a lot of young people and players currently, that's what I, I mentioned usually before, he's kind of like uh, attaching his identity to the occupation, isn't he? Yeah. So like yeah. you said, I, I can only do football. Usually he's a, he's a bright lad and he's, he's, got, yeah. he's got the capabilities to go and do other stuff. He probably just thinks to himself that yeah. it's football that he's going to stay yeah. in. Because, because it's it's the norm and what you're used to, isn't it? And a lot doing of people, a good job, aren't they? Shuey and, uh, and Yuzi are putting the Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, the lads are doing well. And I think I mentioned to you before, that's about, about Shuey. I always felt like he'd go on and do well anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When I played up, uh, he was always like studying or he, 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 was, he was quite unique in the way mm. uh, he approached football and, and the games. Like, he was always like, Top professional, like he was yeah. someone to look up to, like as a as a younger lad looking up to them age groups. Everybody thought he'd go all the way through to the first team, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just saying. Obviously, it shows you how hard it is if you've got people like that who are yeah. dedicated, but yeah, he's still got something to offer. He's doing well in, in football, and that's what it's about as well, isn't it? Who else got released with you at the time? Uh, me, Lawrence Wilson, Christian Sargent, Jay Harris. Usually, actually got released and then they, they took him back home because we went to I think we went to Lily Shaw for the extra trials right. and I think he usually done all right and loads of teams are after him so Everton must have thought give him another go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How often did you think about that trip to Thailand? Because I remember it was it was one of my first long haul trips with Everton Football Club and I just remember thinking to myself I'm sitting on an aeroplane here and a couple of rows in front of Duncan Ferguson and Mikel Arteta and it's. Yeah, it was just it was surreal for me. It, must have been it, it was for me. I think I remember playing on the PlayStation with Joseph Yolo when I was England and he was Nigeria. <laughs> we playing against each other. And I'm thinking, wow, I was an Everton fan. I'm sitting here just these are heroes, aren't they? And yeah. I know the room that I stayed in. That and next door was Duncan Ferguson. So like, yeah. he was just letting on to me going past like casually as if like it was normal. But he was great with the young lads, wasn't he? Yeah, he Still always is, was. Yeah. Yeah, obviously I, I was a, I was one of them. I was a good athlete at the time, like yeah. at the running. So like people used to call me Sea Biscuit after the Oaks. <laughs> but, but Duncan Ferguson just called me Biscuit. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're all like Biscuit. I was like, yeah, I'm all right. I used to argue with him. No, no, he called, he, called, he called you exactly what he was yeah, yeah. I always remember a, a training session at Belfield as well. And uh, I got close, like tight uh, to Duncan Ferguson. And he just grabbed me and started ragging me everywhere. Like, like a rag doll. <laughs> and they both come over to him and Winnie and... Never let him grab hold of it ever. He went, yeah. If he comes near, he went, just crash each other's arm. I went, I'm not doing that too. So I, I, I was right back. I ended up playing left back to get away from him. <laughs> You're the last karate chop. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so that, that was also interesting as well. You couldn't bring yourself to go to the game, but you, you, you're, you're back in love with Everton Football Club now. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to the game regularly. Yeah. So I've got a season ticket and stuff like that now. Um, around the club, a lot, obviously. Uh, the campus of, of Everton communities uh, in L4, isn't it? So we're, mm. we're working within like the Walton area and the Blue Mile and things like that. So yeah, it's and that's where I say it's, it's probably been therapeutic for me. Uh, yeah. I, I remember when Finch Farm opened and there was still quite a few people who were new and I got asked to go down there and I, I refused to go as part of me as part of me role. And when I spoke to my manager, she was she was quite forgiven with that, like, but. Yeah. It was just a personal thing, like, and that's what I'm saying. Like, everyone I've, I've seen since, like to yourself, Dan, whenever I've seen it, it's been, it's, mm-hmm. it's been quite nice to see people. Yeah. But I, yeah. I think at the time, or was it? It's probably affected my career in some ways, Dan, because it, you know, it's like it's not what you know, it's who you know. And mm-hmm. I've kind of isolated myself and removed myself from football circles to kind of protect myself. Yeah. 
but it's uh, probably made a mistake in that respect doing yeah. that. Yeah. Just finally then, the, the, the work that you do, the, the, it's that badge, isn't it? It's so powerful, isn't it? You, the, the, the teachers can speak to these kids till they're blue in the face. You see somebody with a Everton tracksuit on and you listen. Yeah, of course they do. I've had uh, I've had social workers and uh, teachers contact me directly just to say like, can you come and see these kids? Like do home visits, so mm. social service, and I've been trying to get all the kids at the house, and then we've turned up with like, and they see the evidence like, uh, and they engage with us. Yeah. Uh, there's something special about it within the community, and obviously it's it's got a massive reputation as being one of the best charities nationally and internationally. Everton community, so uh, I, I'm, I'm very proud to be back here and, and to be doing what I'm doing, Dan. So, Brilliant. it's an inspirational story, and I'm sure that uh, your story will, will help a lot of people, and as you are yourself. So, thanks for popping in, it'll be nice to see you. No worries, thank you very much, Dan.